0: Welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast,
1: the latest on shares, markets and investments, now available on your Amazon Alexa. Hello and welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, now also available on the UK Investor Magazine mobile app. For today's podcast, we're going to be drilling down into the volatility that we're seeing in markets at the moment. We're going to touch on a number of equities as well as look at the key themes out there, and to do that, we have a with us once more, Alan Green. Alan, thank you very much for being on the podcast today.
0: Good morning, John. How are you doing?
1: Yes, very well, very well. Thank you. Um, very busy week out here. Um, how about yourself, Alan? Um, I know you're very close to the markets with what you're doing. How are you finding things?
0: Yeah, it, it's. I mean, obviously, it is something of a bloodbath at the moment, but I think we're seeing. A lot of opportunities emerge i mean uh people are talking about capitulation and you know that's where people hold stocks for ages and maybe they chase them down and all the rest of it and then they get to a point where they think stuff it you know i'll, I'll just take the loss on the chin and and they uh they pull out and um then everyone else piles in so it's uh we, we we we've just got this uh cocktail moment haven't we and obviously the budget last week didn't inspire confidence you know the spend 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 budget but uh I think um, I think it's a gamble, but I, th- you know, it's 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 a question of whether the bottle's half full or half empty. And I have to say, I think um, I think in terms of being popular, I think uh, uh, in trying to win votes, I think the trust administration still will win far more votes than uh, Rishi Sunak and his more pragmatic uh, and probably more sensible approach.
1: Yes, well. I mean time will tell and I think it's really down to you know how bad this situation gets you know you mentioned there a gamble it was a real gamble from from Liz Truss and her new government last week with the uh, the mini budget and of course the immediate reaction to that in markets has been heavy selling of UK assets we've seen of course you know sharp downsides in the pound we're seeing the UK ten-year gilts this morning mm. yielding four point four percent, which is getting back in line with the yield of the FTSE one hundred. With something we haven't seen for for years, you know, we, we probably have to go back, you know, to uh, probably about a decade ago to see those sorts of uh, of, of levers of levels there. So there's big shifts happening there in markets. Alan, so there's two real questions that I think we need to address today, given what's happened in recent days. You now, first of all, is are we set on a path of economic self harm here in the UK with what we've just seen in the mini budget and the, and the market reaction? And you know, obviously looking at the the factors there, is it too early to start stepping in to equities at this point, given the FTSE 100? We're looking at it now. It's about 6,880, lowest level since last year, I believe. Very sharp declines there. We were quite comfortably trading in the ranges around 7,300, 7,400 for some time. Very sharp movement down. We do get some support coming from a weaker pound in the FTSE 100. I think it's about 70% of the revenues Mm -hmm. in the FTSE 100 comes from overseas. So Mm -hmm. when you start to see the pound weaken, that does mean that those earnings are worth more to the companies listed here in London to provide provide some support there. However, that isn't playing out this time. Um, You know, we saw it after Brexit. We saw a massive rally in the FTSE 100 because the pound was devalued so much. We're not seeing that play out just yet in in markets. That's something that we'll we'll touch on there. So, I mean, let's start off with the first point here, Alan. When we're looking at what Liz Truss has, has set out, on the face of it, if we take... Her tax cuts that's supposed to be good for the economy, however, what you know looking into the detail and what the issue has been is that there weren't any economic forecasts attached to that as as they usually would be, and that's raised suspicion in the markets and raised concerns that this is going to really put some strains on strains on the u k finances so I mean how do you see this playing out adam I mean, is this, is this a plan that you even think she's going to be able to to get in place and we saw the IMF last, uh, last night putting out a warning that you know this isn't the right time to, to take such measures and urge them to make some changes in the upcoming bo- budget in November. I mean, do you think that's something that they're, they're going to do or are we going to see all the measures that she proposed or, or to, um, that the Chancellor proposed last week push through?
0: Well, it, it, the, um, the, the whole issue about forecasts, which I think is what... Um is what sparked the concern because it looked very much like a a knee-jerk uh, reaction to um Truss uh, trust winning the election and oh quickly we have to put something together uh, um we, I, I said at the start you know it's it's something of a gamble and of course it is a big gamble because um because of course uh it requires um a happy electorate and you know people being reassured, feeling reassured that um, they're not being left alone to cope with huge increases in bills and uh, and um, and a, a huge jump. But not, there will certainly be interest rate increases, and I'm glad the Bank of England came out and said, "Well, we're not going, just going to call an emergency meeting and uh, uh, increase the uh, interest rate on on the uh, on on the um, spur of the moment." Um, having said that. Um, there were reports that uh, the uh, the uh, there were forecasts, in fact, uh, uh, coupled with the uh, with with the uh, budget that Quasi-Cartain presented to the House budgets from the OBR, and of course those budgets um, uh, have yet to see uh, or, or, or those forecasts have yet to see the light of day. So they'll have to be presented. They'll have to be aired at some point. But um, but I think it's just the fact that it did it did seem to be something of a knee jerk. Response that sparked the the fall in the pound, and then of course you get these uh, these uh, sensationalist headlines, city slicker traders crashing our pound and all the rest of it, which is absolute rubbish. They're just trading on an opportunity, which is what traders do in the city. Um, and I for one, uh, although a lot of people I know are very anti this, I, I for one am glad that um, they haven't capped bankers' bonuses because we need to bring in the brightest minds in that field. And um, good investing creates uh, uh, creates prosperity, creates employment, creates uh, all sorts of opportunities. So I think there's an awful lot in that budget. And I think um, we're seeing a knee-jerk reaction at the moment. But um, I think we're starting to see real value. Uh, I mentioned capitulation. A lot of people just coming out of the markets and, you know, walking away from it and taking the loss on the chin. But we are seeing we are seeing stocks now at record low levels. I know we're going to going to talk about a couple of those in a minute, John. But I think there are some great opportunities out there um, in the market, and it's all it, this is largely down, I think, to people's confidence in UK PLC. You know, it, it's the UK, um, a Brexit UK, uh, but obviously still working and trading very closely with its partners. Um, and I think the the budget has provided. Um, despite the economic headwinds um the, the you know the the post covid uh, t- uh, 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 tailwind if you like and also of course the the issues with energy and um, and the crisis in ukraine there are all these factors together but i think um i think uh, uh, the trust government has has put the uk economy into um it, 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 into a position where it can do something about it and and with confidence trade its way out, out of the current situation.
1: Indeed. I mean the the measures on the face of what what uh, was was announced, you know, should be supportive of the UK economy in the long term. Of course it, it makes it a more attractive destination for for higher earners, which then has that trickle down effect across the economy. However, it, you know, the, the devil was in the detail and the yeah. detail just wasn't there. And the markets have really taken that. And it's the unintended consequences, not so much what was announced, but it's the consequences of not having that detail attached to it, which, yeah. which caused the, yeah. the issues yeah. in, in, in markets. And that sort of bring us on to the two um, stocks that we're going to discuss today that, that really we're going to look to address with these two companies, the question of, is it too early to start stepping into this market? Because they're two companies that are highly linked to the UK economy. It's going to be Taylor Wimpey and Lloyd's that we're going to look at. Now, one of the uh, consequences, as, as we touched on there, of the announcement was a, was a plunging pound, of course, but also an increase in um, long-term swaps in uh, in markets, which are now predicting that mortgage rates could now go up to around 6% next year. And of course, as you mentioned there, Alan, there's been talk of emergency uh, rate hikes from the Bank of England. I haven't done one so far. But you know, if we're looking at market pricing, it looks as though there's going to be a 200 basis point move higher in interest rates before the end of this year. So that's another full 2%. So that's obviously putting waves through the housing markets. It's heavily hit Taylor Wimpy, which is the first one we're going to look at now. Trading, I can see here, Alan, at about 83 pence. Yep. This is the lowest level since 2013. Yep. Significant discount to recent highs. You know, Is this a company... If you're a long-term investor, that may be worth a look at this point.
0: I think it's absolutely worth a look, at. and and I think the one thing is that, um, you know, we're seeing we're seeing a lot of the major news wires uh, now uh, coming up with stories about people concerned about their mortgages and their payments and everything else, and and uh, we had this crisis back in the nineties, but um, the. Uh, that the at that point the government had control of setting interest rates and of course the Bank of England now has that so we won't it's very unlikely we'll see that runaway interest rate scenario repeat itself but of course that does impact on people's concerns people who are thinking of buying and of course borrowing and a lot of the deals that were on the table from the lenders have been taken taken off because uh, because of the uncertainty. I think uh, I think uh, once we have more clarity on these forecasts and how it's going to be achieved, then then I think we're, we're, you know that there, there'll be uh, you, we'll see we'll see calm and certainty return to the markets um, despite of course the backdrop. But I've always taken the view that we are an island; we're a finite territory. These house builders have huge land assets they have uh, pockets of that uh, they have land uh, land banks that uh, they can build on and choose to build on as and as and when they need to they have cost inflation to deal with but I mean I'm just going back to Taylor wimpy for example um, as you say it's at these all-time lows um, but on the back of that now it pays a, a dividend of ten and a half percent you know which is pretty well inflation beating in my book so it it, it my view on the housing market is this: I, I think we we do have a national shortage of houses. They will need to continue building houses. Um, the actual the actual margins could be impacted, but um, I don't think the volume of housing uh, that the volume of housing demand will remain unchanged. And once we have more certainty, then the lenders that have put those deals uh, uh, into the market and then taken them away will then reintroduce deals to attract. First-time buyers, and of course, once the first-time buyers are on the ladder, then then the housing market starts to function as it should do. But I mean, let's not forget, Taylor Wimpy reported first-half revenues of two point one billion. Um, it, it just it nearly hit a it hit uh, the performance that it delivered the previous year, um, but uh, but profits stayed flat at about four hundred twenty-five million, um, and it expects operating profits for the year to be at the top end of expectations, eight seventy-three to 924 million 924 million and that's of course driven by um, uh, selling prices uh, that are expected to be up 4 to 5% higher than last year um, cost cost uh, cost inflation on materials for the company is around 9 to 10% so it's got to balance uh, balance and, and of course battle that um, it raised the interim dividend um, but i think looking forward uh, until we see revised trading statements from the builders I don't think there'll be too much of a change in the outlook but what it does mean is that you can snap up a, a you know a blue chip uh, company like Taylor Wimpy for at record multi-year lows um, and if, if the if the group carries on building at the volume it's building at then it's likely to at least maintain the dividend for a couple more uh, for a couple more uh, uh, quarters.
1: Indeed, indeed. I mean, sorry, I just also I was correct. I misspoke at the beginning. It's trading at eighty-six p, down three percent, not eighty. Yeah, 80, yeah, 80. yeah I'm, I'm,
0: I'm um, at eighty-five
1: point four p at the moment. Yeah, 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 um, So, and and also, I just pick up the point there on the on the dividends. Alan. i mean, just looking at their policy. You know, they say that they pay out uh, seven point five percent of net net assets annually. That total two hundred and fifty million. In uh, the last year. Now, given that they've got net cash um, looking here at around 640 million, that's not going to put any particular pressure on that cash balance. They continue to pay that. So I think it's just a case of riding it out. I can't see any changes in the next um, dividend. But if we do see a real disruption, in the UK housing market i mean i've seen comments recently on bloomberg from a uh, representative of john Car- Charcoal, one of the uk's leading mortgage uh, provider brokers sorry and they were talking about 10% downsides in in house prices if we see that you know that's a, a correction it's it's not a crash i don't think that will have a major impact on their on their earnings, of course, if it goes down further than that, and you know, things get a little bit more messy, that that will have to uh, be looked at again. But the dividend, you know, going forward does look attractive at 10%, even if they cut it in half 5% at this point in time, for the reasons that you spoke there, Alan, I see further volatility in the short term. Yeah. However, for the longer term investors, and I'm talking three to five years, maybe one to start uh, to start having a, a look at there. So moving on now, Alan, Lloyds, another one highly linked to the UK or the health of the UK economy. It's the, the UK's largest mortgage provider. So of course, all of the uh, the news that we're seeing with, as you, as you mentioned, mortgages being with withdrawn. I don't actually know whether Lloyds have withdrawn any as yet or, or they have or, or put them back. I don't know what their situation is. They've, of course, got lots of different brands there. But, you know, the underlying health of the mortgage market is going to impact Lloyd's. And we've seen a very sharp fall of, you know, if we're looking at Lloyd's over the space of the last six months, we saw a very nice, steady move to the upside on the anticipation yeah. of higher rates from the Bank of England, which, of course, that we saw that was priced into Lloyd's and we were trading up at around 50p. Uh, and, and that was obviously due to the the benefits of higher interest rates on their net interest margins but of course now the potential of you know 4% interest rates put you know really send shocks through the UK economy at a time that that households are feeling the pressure of a cost of living crisis and uh, you know broader inflation so alan you know same same question as i asked for taylor wimpy look at lloyds around 41p uh, you know, is it too early to start stepping into the bank? Well,
0: again, uh, uh, here we are, sort of at year lows again, um, around uh, at forty-one p. So, uh, um, yeah, it's been hit badly, but um, you know, we still have to carry on banking. We still have to use, uh, you know, bank online and use use the services provided. Um, as you say, the X factor in all of this is is the mortgage business. But, um, you know, you, you've got to look at uh, Taylor Wimpy in conjunction with this. You know, the, uh, the, the, the company still uh, continuing to build houses. Uh, mortgages will be required. And I think what we're seeing at the moment is a short-term knee-jerk reaction uh, to the situation. And what that's doing is creating opportunities to, to buy blue-chip stocks like Taylor Wimpy, like Lloyd's, at knockdown prices. Um, and provided you know even if you say uh, as you said with Taylor Wimpy just now if the dividend is halved you know you're still getting income back and you've got the prospect that if there is is a a steady improvement or a stabilization then we're going to we'll see an increase in the share price again so you'll see a capital gain with that too Um, and I put Lloyd's in the same book uh, or in the same boat with Taylor Wimpy you know they're both Heavily linked to the UK housing market, Lloyd's is one of the key lenders, um, and I think uh, I, I don't think there's enough anecdotal evidence yet to look at Lloyd's and say you should sell out. I, I think it's still very much in the it's in the buy basket for me, along with Taylor Wimpy.
1: Fantastic, thank you, Alan. So two stocks that we'll probably be looking at again, and we'll revisit and see where we are definitely before the end of the year on these two companies to see how they've. So, we're going to move on now and move on to two more equities. First of all, Alan, Blenkow Resources is one that we've discussed on the podcast previously, uh, but I believe they've had a number of updates and there seems to be quite a lot happening there. So, what does that look like?
0: Yeah, Blenkow indeed. They have, um, so, so the company over the uh, past few years uh, has, uh, well, it, initially it, um, it, it, uh, it RTO'd into. Consolidated African Resources at six p um, has raised uh, has undertaken several fundraisers since that point, and of course, it's the one hundred percent owner of the Orancross Cross graphite project. And uh, when you when you acquire a mining project like this, you have to go through a series of phases. You sample it. You uh, you get on site. You uh, undertake sampling, magnetic surveys, um, and then uh you have to obviously start your drilling you're dr- you, you, your drilling at at some point with the Oran cross project it's in Uganda, which is a very benign regime um in Africa um uh but the the uh the, the asset is such that the flake graphite that's with that's uh, contained within the Oran cross license area literally is sticking out of the ground in some cases so you could drive a tractor and harrow over. And you can actually pull out a lot of the graphite and stick it straight into into beneficiation plant and uh, and actually get the core get the core graphite straight out. Um, well, that's a bit of a simplification, but um, but the, it, the the company's gone through a f- series of phases. Um, Maiden jaw resource last year of sixteen point three million tons. Then in September last year, we had a preliminary e- economic assessment, which established a net present value of. 317 million dollar valuation uh internal rate return of 49 percent um and high quality graphite that can be used of course in the uh in evs and all the rest of it um going forward and uh and um that that that's you know it's a key part of the new energy or the clean energy and ev economy going forward subsequently we had the a pre-feasibility study that increased the net present value again to 482 million dollars again a 14-year uh, uh, life of mine initial a uh, 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 life of mine um, and um, average EBITDA expected to be uh, 100 million dollars over that life um, with a free cash return over the initial 14 years of mine life of 1.1 billion so this is this is great stuff. But of course, uh, where we are at present, we have um, the share prices of mining stocks, uh, particularly the junior miners with projects like this languishing. Um, the From the initial uh, from the initial RTO price at 6p, Blenkow is now uh, um, uh, getting off a of half of that, so trading at 3.5p, which gives the company a market capitalization of just 6.3 million, which is ludicrous in my book um particularly because we have this uh, we have this pre-feasibil- prefeasibility study numbers that have been undertaken by by independent uh, uh, contractors um we then move on from there and the company announced um uh, at the start of this week that uh, it's it's now commencing the definitive feasibility study um and, and it's engaged with graphite engineering company uh, to manage the dfs and of course what what this uh what this does it's the next phase of development um, and this basically looks at the uh the um the off off take agreements it looks at how it's going to be funded and the en- engineering and procurement of the uh, the necessary uh, infrastructure to construct the plant. so you know this is a huge step forward for the group um, and uh, you know w- we're now moving to a point w- where in just two and a half years they've they've moved from uh, acquiring the project to the DFS phase, which uh, in mining terms is is very much a quantum leap. So Cameron Pearson and his team are uh, working hard, Mike Ralston, of course, the chief exec there. Um, this is a 100% owned project. So there are no there are no sort of issues with part ownership. And then if you complete at a certain point, then you learn a bit more. This is 100% owned by Blenkow Resources. And um, I think, you know, when you look at what the, the previous feasibility study valuation has brought together, um, we're at DFS point now. So we're really at a pivotal point in terms of valuation where yeah, we could start to see that, massive valuation gap in the in the NPV value and the and the share price start to close and um, this is certainly one where you could probably pick up um, you know a relatively small amount of stock in a few years time be sitting on a decent ch- decent chunk of money but that's just my view
1: yes yes of course you know as, as you mentioned there the, the the UK junior miners you know that they're, they're not for everyone they're an adventurous sector to, to be in but you know, anybody looking at what's happening with EVs at the moment and the demand for graphite and has you know, any interest in that, certainly Blankow Resources is one to have a look at there. As you mentioned there, Alan, a market cap of, of 6 million. You know, if, if we start to see these assets move through to production, that could quite quickly become uh, dwarfed, especially if you look at, you know, maybe some miners that are listed in, uh, in, in Australia or on the TSX and for some comparisons. You know, certainly Blaine Cow would look cheap uh, in uh, in comparison, but it's all about whether they can get this asset through to production. I'm sure, Alan, one, one that we'll be updating on the podcast in due course. So the last one we're going to touch on today, Alan, is a new one to the podcast. It's Wallpaint London. So one that listeners may not be familiar with. A very interesting company actually it's got a tight tight, uh, a tight trading range anybody likes to trade a range, certainly just from looking at the chart uh, looks interesting but you're going to provide a bit more Alan, if you may fundamental overview of warpaint yeah
0: well uh, i we, obviously with the discussions today on you know on, on the the the, the, uh, the government budget the crash of the pound and uh you know the, the opportunities that's creating in in uh the across the blue chip stocks like Lloyd's and Taylor Wimpey. I wanted to provide us a a range of of ideas. Um, And of course, with Blenkow just now, you know, as we said, you know, uh, if that comes to fruition, then it could dwarf the current share price. And of course, all the Rio Tintos and bulletins of this world started somewhere. So they often start with a project and then expand outwards. But Warpaint is a different uh, ballgame altogether. It's very much a defensive stock. Um, as I think the, sh- the chart shows, you know, that it is, it's a tight trading range. Warpaint London is a cosmetics company. Um, and if we're looking at defensive uh, items, I think uh, I think uh, you know most people using cosmetics and of course in this day and age we're talking about um, we're talking as well as uh, as well as uh, uh, the the sex. sex. we're talking um, uh, you know gentlemen that like to wear cosmetics too and there the are a lot of male cosmetics uh, ranges now warpaint London uh, sells under two divisions it 's got its own brand cosmetics under lead brand names w seven and technic and of course w seven l is the epic go for wall paint which is um which is is worth noting w7 is sold to uk distributors um and to distributors internationally and in retail chains uh, the technic brands are sold in uk and europe uh, with a focus on gifting markets uh, in high street uh, retailers and supermarkets such as asda that was uh, that deal was recently announced um an own brand distribution uh, um, arrangements in uh, with uh, uh, a white label arrangements, of course, where the where the cosmetics and packaging are supplied, but then it's it's branded by the uh, the company that, that buys them. Um, the company in that, uh, acquired a, a company called Retro in two thousand seventeen. That's um, that has boosted uh, that network of sales. So um, we've seen good growth from the company over the past few years. Um, September uh, September twenty first, um, about a week ago, the company announced record interim sales. Um, sales up 37 percent to twenty five point two million. Uh, uh, UK revenues up seventeen percent to ten and a half, and international revenues up fifty five percent to just under fifteen million. Um, the margin improved, and that's 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 key when you're looking at uh, retail stocks. The margin was thirty four and a half percent, now thirty nine percent. Uh, meant the group were able to deliver adjusted EBITDA um, at four point four million, up from two point one million last year. The, the the company ended the period with cash in the bank of four point three million and pays an interim dividend too. So that's the other thing. It's a it's a, it's a ninety five. So it's a it's a, it's, a, it's almost a micro cap company, a ninety five million market cap, and it pays a dividend of nearly five percent. So you know that that's an important consideration. I think um, the company also said that it's. It's uh, sales performance is very much second half weighted. And of course, we're coming up to uh, the festive time of year now. So we're going to see more sales. Um, The company also announced in those in those interims that it's uh, the W7 range of cosmetics have been launched in boots. And it also had seen a uh, 44% growth in online sales. Of course, that's that's key for any retailer to have an effective online presence. Chief mm-hmm. Sam Benzini said, you know, it's been a great half. We're well capitalized. We've got a healthy balance sheet. And we're seeing already significant opportunities for further growth um, that uh, are planned and also under discussion with partners going forward. So they are very confident of delivering a solid second half to the year. And if we look where the share price is, uh, you know, so we've seen it trade between 105p and 187p, currently trading at 125p, so closer to those year lows. Um, Also, the chart looks interesting too. We saw two, um, we saw two lows, uh, one in May and one in uh, one, one at the end of August, and it's now starting to build back off that. So I think this could be a really interesting entry point into a company that's got some great defensive qualities.
1: Indeed, indeed. I mean, just listening to those numbers there, having a quick look through their recent reports, you know, it's certainly a company, a British enterprise that's on the up. I mean, have they given any indication of where they see the growth going? You know, is this something that is just going to be a UK um, story, Alan, or or, or or you know, is there is there uh, international presence, and do you see growth overseas?
0: Uh, yeah, well, uh, so just going back to those numbers, UK revenues are up seventy percent to 10.5 million. So, so the sales in total were twenty five point two million, UK revenues ten point four million, international revenues fourteen point eight million. So, so they're selling more overseas, and I imagine uh-huh. that the discussions they're having are very much looking towards. Um, very much looking towards developing those second those sales internationally, but of course remains to be seen. But certainly Sam Benzini and the team there, uh, you know, got it well under control. Um, plenty of irons in the fire to grow those numbers in the second half. So I think I think this could be a really good time. It, you know, obviously timing of entry into stocks is all important. But looking at the chart, I think the timing entering now could be could be really good given the given the results the company's just announced.
1: Indeed, indeed. And, and one that I think we'll be updating on the podcast in due course when we get further figures. it be interesting to see how those overseas sales do progress. So just as a recap now of the stocks that we discussed today, first of all was uh, Taylor Wimpy with a ticker of TW. It was then Lloyds with a ticker of LLOY. It was then Blenkow Resources with a ticker of BRES. and then Finally, was Warpaint London with a ticker of W7L. Alan, thank you very much for being on the podcast today. Thank you, John. So, just as a note to listeners, we had last night our latest installment of the UK Investor Magazine virtual conferences, and the videos for those presentations are going to be made available on the UK Investor Magazine website very shortly. There was Vietnam Holding. We had Clean Tech Lithium and TRX Gold. So do check them out. It's very fascinating fascinating insights from those companies and, and some quite compelling investment cases there. So do check out the video section of the UK Investor Magazine website for those. Thank you very much for listening.
0: We hope you enjoyed listening to the UK Investor Magazine podcast. Please do share the podcast, and we really value any reviews and comments you leave us in your chosen podcast player.